Hello, my rebels. Great talk today with our friend Manny Montemagrino. Always food for thought. Hey, uh, I'm going to show you a couple of videos in this, uh, three big videos. And Manny and I are going to chat about it. I want you to see those videos. And to do so, you got to get what we call Rebel News Plus. It's the video version of this podcast. Please go to rebelnewsplus.com. Click subscribe. It's eight bucks a month, which is quite modest, I think. You get my show every day. Sheila Gunn-Reed does a weekly show. And that eight bucks a month really adds up for us is how we pay our bills because we don't take any money from the government, unlike most media, and we're demonetized by YouTube. So it's really this. Just go to rebelnewsplus.com. All right, here's today's show. Tonight, why is Trudeau destroying so many Canadian icons, including in our passport? We'll talk about that and other issues with our friend Manny Montenegrino in a feature-length interview. It's May 19th, and this is The Ezra LeVant Show. Shame on you, you sensorious bug. By some measures, Canada is doing worse than ever. I'm, I'm genuinely concerned about the state of civil liberties in this country. Our economy, government spending is out of control. Uh, I think there are a lot of things that are terrifying, but underneath it all, I think there's hope. I say that because the remedies that we typically reach for in this country are elections. And it looks like Pierre Polyev, despite the hatred for him of the regime media, is taking hold. And as Canadians get to know him more and more, they seem to like him, or at least, if not like him personally, think he would do a better job than Trudeau. It's very interesting to me to see Pierre Polyev, who I've known actually since he was uh, in his 20s, to see him straddle being a good communicator and sort of folksy, but also a bit of an intellectual. And with your permission, I'd like to start with a, a video that's a, a few minutes long, but I want you to bear with me and go through it. It's, it's a video of Pierre Polyev talking about some issues I want to dig into today, talking about replacing Canadian icons and images, replacing historical people in Canada with nothing, with voids. And this is a video that, that Pierre Polyev did straight to camera. I would call this an intellectual video. We're going to come right back after this video, and we're going to tuck into it with our dear friend Manny Montenegrino, who's with us for the entire show today. We're going to talk about this video, what it means about passports and symbols and Terry Fox. Then we're going to talk about bail reform in this country. We're going to talk about a surprising piece of news, Trudeau ordering 90 million more COVID doses and other subjects, and we'll deal with them in a way that only Manny Montenegrino does. So watch this video with Pierre Polyev. Stay with us and come back, and we'll tuck into it. Here, take a look. Your passport. Why has Trudeau redone it to delete Terry Fox, who ran halfway across the country on one leg to fight cancer? Why did he delete the Vimy Memorial, which honors 3,598 soldiers who died? Why did he delete this beautiful war memorial or even the parliament buildings beyond it? 
Well, to answer that question, you need to get the country that Trudeau wants us to become. The level of, of uh, admiration I actually have for China, um, because their you know, basic dictatorship, admiration I actually have for China, um, because their you know, basic dictatorship. Or when he said El Comandante Fidel Castro was a larger than life leader who served his people for almost half a century. A legendary revolutionary and orator. Like the leaders and regimes that Trudeau so admires, he's censoring what you can see and say, including his online censorship bill. A bill so controversial that even legendary liberal author, Margaret Atwood, had this warning. So it is creeping totalitarianism if governments are telling creators what to create. But here's the problem for leaders that want to control everything. The only way to justify it is by promising a utopia. Now, utopia is a beautiful word, but in Greek, it actually means no place. You cannot promise to take people to no place unless you start in no place. Uh, put more simply, the only way you can redraw an entire country is to wipe away the existing painting so that you can draw on a blank slate. Or as Orwell said, the past was dead, the future was unimaginable. All that was needed was an unending series of victories over your own memory, reality control. So they knock down statues of our past leaders, they delete words, they delete achievements, they even delete our most wonderful and treasured heroes, even Nellie McClung who, along with the rest of the Famous Five, proved women were persons, got erased from Trudeau's passport. This by a so-called feminist prime minister. Our soldiers, our Mounties, our explorers, our champions, all had to disappear. Why? Because they show that Canada is amazing, above and beyond its government. If Canada is already amazing, how could you justify having the state bend and twist it into something completely different as he tries to do every single day. We can have no heroes, and our history must be portrayed as a wretched pile of injustices to justify remaking everything from scratch. Instead, our national story in this passport looks now more like Justin Trudeau's personal coloring book, filled with trivial little things like Canadians raking leaves or a squirrel eating a nut. The country must be made little so that his state can be made big. There can be no heroes from the past that get in the way of the man who appoints himself the hero of the future. The regimes that Trudeau admires portray the dear leader as the only hero that could ever be. But you and I both know that the real heroes are not on state billboards or state television. They're the common people, the folks who over centuries had to wrestle control over their lives from the crown put it in the hands of commoners. Our democratic tradition goes back 800 years to the Magna Carta, when the common people forced King John to sign the Great Charter that brought in liberty under the law. And over those 800 years, through fits and starts and many flaws, we've evolved closer and closer to a more democratic place where the people are in charge. But that is a precious inheritance. It may be 800 years long, but it's only one generation deep. If this generation, the living generation, fails to pass on what we inherited from those who came before to those that come after, 
then it could be lost forever. That's why it's so important to keep our common stories, our common symbols, and most importantly, our common sense. A passport is known for taking us abroad, but sometimes the most important thing, especially when it comes to our traditions and freedom, is to bring it home. Well, joining us now to talk about that and many other things is our friend Manny Montenegrino. Manny, I was moved by that. I was impressed. Yeah, I was educated. I was inspired. And I, I'm a bit of a cynic. Tell me your thoughts on that. First of all, great to see you. Uh, yeah, great. And nice being here, Ezra. Um, I was immensely moved. Uh, you know, speaking to the intellect of Canadians is a very rare rare task for politicians and uh, Pierre did a wonderful job. Uh, he is absolutely correct uh, as to what's happening. And let me add some context to it. And as you know, Ezra, I, you know, I look for a pattern, I look for a historical pattern, and then I come to a conclusion as to what is really happening. Um, Pierre is correct about the passports. All great Canadian human beings have been removed from the passport. And there were many and the list was there. and But this is just one of what has happened. There is a pattern going on. And the pattern is not, not a shock. It's what to be, is what to be expected from Justin Trudeau. He is a one-world socialist type of person. And the only way you can get to that is you have to remove the history of Canada. Now, what has happened in a short eight years with Trudeau, Canada is the only country that self-declared itself as genocidal. We're a genocidal country for taking indigenous kids and bringing them to colonial schools. That is, that is insane to say the word genocide. There's true genocide that's happened in the world, but the label sticks and it's there. We have removed great historical names from statutes, everything else. It's all a pattern. And, and, and Ezra, the pattern is quite simple. And that is, if you remove great Canadians that have done great things and diminish Canada's past and scrub Canada's past, then the only thing that remains is the state. And the state is a way forward. We will not be... Trudeau's intention is not to remove Terry Fox for a new person. Uh, and that is the slight um, distinction I would make from what, what uh, Pierre Polivare said. It isn't, it is a scrubbing and it's a scrubbing to keep clean. So only the state leads, only the government leads. So there will be no future leaders that we will, you know, uh, build statutes for, whoever they may be. There'll be no further leaders like Terry Fox that we will come to adore here in Ottawa with his statutes. It's the removal of the individual. And if you remove the individual, the state becomes supreme. Now, that's the goal. The goal is Canada should be relying, or Canadians should never look to themselves. Canadians should never look to its in greatness of its people, just the state and the state's direction. And, 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 and let me, I'm going to quiz you, Ezra. Name me one great Cuban that is not a politician or, 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 or a Castro. We can't think of one. Name, I, name me one. Yeah, you know, name me one great uh, Chinese individual that did X. It's not. It's a state. 
Yeah. Well, in China, Mao had a saying, the four olds, uh, tra right. old traditions, old beliefs, old customs. Right. Uh, I can't remember the, the fourth one. And he said they had to eradicate the four olds. Right. Which is a way of saying everything that the generations before us learned at great cost and over great time and wanted to give to us uh, as the current generation, here's the collective wisdom of all of our troubles. Here's centuries, maybe thousands of years, maybe even more than that, tacit knowledge about what it means to be a person. Right. Mal wanted to year zero. I, I mean... But I, not replace it but not replace it with new. It's replacing the person, the individual. If there is no individual, then the only thing that occupies the vacuum is the state. I mean, right. the greatest example is North Korea. Yes. There are, yeah. name me one great yeah. North Korean yeah. historian. Well, there isn't. You remove all people, all history. I mean, North Korea has a long history. Remove it all and this focus on not an individual achievement, but the state's achievement, the, the achievement by the by one family, the politicians, and that's all you have. And you can't look anywhere else. You can't look to your neighbor, a great Terry Fox right, that, right. that motivated millions of Canadians. Right. You can't look to a, a Nellie McCann. You can't look to these individuals that brought forth this great country. Vimy Ridge, the, 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 the young men who died to make Canada, you know, propelled Canada into a, a great nation. You can't look to them. They're not the guys that you should be looking to. Only look to me, Justin yeah. Trudeau, yeah. and the socialist state. We will solve all your problems. We yeah. have your backs. <laughs> it's obvious. It's simple. You know, that's, that's if, you, if you remember the core of the book 1984 by George yeah. Orwell, yeah. Winston Smith, the hero of the book, his job was to work in the Ministry of Truth which Trudeau wants to set up with his various censorship regulations. And his job, it, it's sort of crazy when you think about it, was to take old newspapers, um, cut out stories that are now inconvenient, and replace them with new versions of the history so that what was the history? Well, it's whatever we say today it was. Were we at war with Eurasia or East Asia? Well, we've always been at war with Oceania or whatever. I mean, and it was insane when it was done that way, cutting and pasting, but that really is what Trudeau is doing. He's cutting out Terry Fox and Vimy Ridge from history and replacing it with, you know, and, and you can't teach those things. Take down the statues of Johnny McDonald. Well, with the, yeah, with the internet, it's just, it happens immediately. Yeah. I'll give you my first example. Um, when the pandemic began and we did not have masks, and you got to remember, March, masks were not implemented till I think July. So for the first wave of the pandemic, not one of these great experts said you should have masks at Fauci, Tam. Not one expert said we should be masked they during the worst. They, they positively exactly. said do not have masks. Now, here is an interesting fact. I, I'm a research hound. I went to Canada website and there was a publication because i'm going to shock people this isn't the first virus that we have studied this is actually the second coronavirus it's covid 2 and it's one of the one of the dozens of viruses and so canadian health experts have studied it. there was a, a study prepared 
and and published in the Health Canada site saying that we studied H1N1, we studied SARS, masks do not work, and I had that study on that site, and I had access to it. By June, July, when they implemented the masks, that study was scrubbed. I couldn't wow. find it anymore. Wow. And I was upset that I couldn't. Mm. I said, I, ah, you know, Manny, you, you're smarter than that. Mm. You got to print this stuff out because these scoundrels are going to change history in real time. And it did happen yeah. on that one occasion. And, and there are many others. You know, it's, it's, it's why history is important. Um, yeah. You know, I want to show you before we leave the subject of the, the void that Trudeau wishes to create. Um, I just saw this yesterday. I want to show it to you. Um, Tucker Carlson, who thinks about Canada a lot, and in fact was doing a whole documentary on Canada that was set to be released the week he was fired. He, he sent his team up to Canada, interviewed myself, David Menzies, Alexa Lavoie. I was really looking forward to this documentary. I don't think it'll ever see the light of day. But um, he recently did a podcast where he talked at some length about Justin Trudeau. And Tucker Carlson's an American deep in his bones. He's America first. He, but, but I think he does follow Canada because he, he detects something in Trudeau. I'd like to play this excerpt from the Full Send podcast for you, Manny. And I don't think most Canadians have seen this. And I'm not saying I agree with every word here. But I think Tucker follows Canada more closely than 99% of Americans. And I, and I think that was to our benefit during the trucker issue. Many of Trudeau's foibles are not well covered by Canadian media. Tucker covers them. Here, let's watch this excerpt from the Full Send podcast. And I'd like your most candid thoughts. And maybe you disagree with them. Here, take a look. Well, people hate yeah. Justin Trudeau there, too. Yeah, if you go to, like, Alberta or Calgary, like, yeah. you see hockey jerseys with, like, fuck Trudeau. Yeah. Like, signs on trucks. It's, like, it's a real hate. What do but you think about him? Well, he's grotesque. I mean, he's he's not even like a he's like Joe Biden. He's not even I'm not mad at Justin Trudeau or whatever we're calling him. He's not even a real person. He's like a living metaphor, like our president. He is a repository for this weird. It's not even left or right, Democrat or Republican. It's so much bigger than that. It's this weird techno based anti-human politics whose main message is you don't matter. Your life doesn't matter at all. Mm -hmm. And what matters instead is like obeying the people who are actually in charge, which is not heads of state, right? It's huge companies, honestly. Yeah. It's huge companies. And, and that's just like, who's the prime minister of England? Do you even know? No, we've had like nine in the past month. No, Boris is gone. Oh, Right, exactly. That's well, the some point. Women, right? A hundred years ago, England was the most powerful country in the world, largest empire in human history. And now it's like, who's the prime minister again? It doesn't matter. They'll get another one next month. These things no longer, we're looking at it the wrong way. What matters is the ideas and who's propagating them. And it's a it's an international group of companies and rich people. And Justin Trudeau is just a vessel for their ambitions. Mm -hmm. He doesn't believe anything. Justin Trudeau, if he thought, you know, it would be advantageous to him to push Nazism or Marxism, it doesn't even matter. Like none of these things are real. It's just about control. Yeah. And the way you control people is by convincing them. This is like your classic kind of alcoholic parent thing, convincing them that they're worthless and they don't deserve better. Like, shut up. Who cares what you think? We don't want to hear what you have to say. Right. Your ambitions to like make enough money to send your kids to summer camp or retire happily 
Like that's irrelevant. Like, shut up. You don't deserve it. Go kill yourself. <laughs> and so they, they break people's spirits. So I'm telling the truth. And I can tell that, you know, that I am. He's from Canada. too, Right. You know, but this happening in the United <laughs> States too. I'm not just singling out Canada here at all. It's happening all over the West in every English-speaking country, Australia, New Zealand. Mm. These were real countries like five years ago. They're not anymore. Yeah. Be and the people have been broken. Their spirit has been broken. That's powerful stuff. And Tucker has a unique way of putting things, but I think there's some truth to it. And it goes to what you said earlier, Manning, about demonizing Canada as a genocidal country. Everyone's a racist. Everyone's a sexist, except Trudeau himself, Mr. Blackface. And I think that there's something to Tucker when he says telling people they are not worthy of him. He's the only worthy one. And your own goals for your life are not as important as his, you know, carbon tax plans. I, I think Tucker, I, I might have phrased some of it differently, but I, I uh, responded, uh, I, I thought, yes, Tucker sort of caught a glimpse of him there. What did you think? And feel free to disagree with me, Manny. Well, you know, uh, as I do disagree, but I, I agree with what Tucker has said about the goal. I disagree with Tucker saying that Trudeau is an empty vessel. Everyone says that about Trudeau. I have studied him like I th just from the beginning. There was, and I, I, again, I regret that I didn't take this screenshot, but when Trudeau was not a politician, his, and I was active on Twitter, his Twitter account said he described himself as citizen of one world. Mm. All right. Now, this man believes that there should be one global government. How he became prime minister of a independent country is beyond me, but I know how. But this is the person who doesn't believe in the existence of Canada. He wants it to be morphed into this global nation. All his efforts with respect to global warming, it's all UN-based. Submit your, your 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 independence and your sovereignty to these globalists. Trudeau actually believes that. Trudeau is not an empty vessel. He's a vessel that's been filled to what he wanted to. Um, there is a clip, um, Ezra, and it 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 alarmed me when he fought. Um, Senator Brazo, that boxing match, and he spoke to his wife, finally said to him, calm down. And it was, it was one of those clips that accidentally leaked, but calm down. Uh, you're being a little too um, pompous or something. And he goes, I've been put on this earth for this goal. He truly believes that he's going to change Canada into this one world government. Every law that he's put forward is to get closer to that. So although I think Tucker is correct in understanding what the one world government types are trying to do, i.e. marginalize individual rights, marginalize people, remove state governments, make them not even important, let we, the, the WEF or whoever may be, let us run the world and you people have nothing. Trudeau loves that idea. It's been embedded in him since he was a teen, and his, his Twitter account showed it. He is only too happy to be in power, to, to be the vessel to get Canada to, to, to drop all its independent 
sovereignty and be part of the globalist plan. Mm -hmm. So so I agree and disagree. I agree with his contact of what's happening. But uh, believe me, Trudeau is not this empty vessel, you know, dementia type Biden guy who's learned after 50 years, do everything so he can live his life of crime. Mm -hmm. He's actually feels that he's fulfilling. He's one of the young guys fulfilling this purpose of a one globalist. Yeah, I think there's a lot of truth to that. I mean, I think what Tucker isn't fully calculating is that uh, Justin Trudeau has sort of been groomed, first by right. his father and then by his father's, you know, executors of his will and managers of the trust and the Liberal Party senior uh, elite groomed for this position. And he deeply believes that he is not holy, but he's a cut above us all and the destiny. Absolutely. And uh, so I think you're right in a way that say a Jacinda Ardern wouldn't be. She, she succeeded, but I don't think her entire life she thought I am the chosen one. I think Trudeau truly does. Well, listen, he said that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about a couple other things and I don't want to always come back to Pierre Paul yet, but I, I want to acknowledge when he's doing a good job. And I think, yeah, I see the latest poll polls out. Conservative Party has about an eight-point lead, depending on you know. I mean, and and this isn't just by quote right-wing pollsters. I think the Liberals are worried, and you have an eight-point lead. That's not margin of error time. That's that's a real victory, possibly even a majority government by the Conservatives. And I think one of the reasons is Pierre Polyev is not as afraid to take on issues as, say, Aaron O'Toole, who was afraid of his own shadow, in my view. And, <laughs> and he, he's not afraid to lean into the media. And, and this clip just a couple of days ago, I think this is a CTV reporter, but really it could be any reporter. And this is about bail. This is about criminals, especially violent criminals, getting easy bail. Tamara Leach, 50 days in jail for mischief for the trucker convoy, but violent criminals, it's a revolving door. Watch this exchange, um, and I'd love your thoughts on this, and let's talk about bail. Take a look. About bail, the crime has already happened, or the alleged crime has already happened. So how can you attribute bail to this increase in crime, and not, should, we, should there not be more supportive measures to prevent the crime in the first place? Well... <laughs> Uh, the, uh, being on bail, they've already allegedly committed the crime. So where, you know, they're committing crimes on bail. <laughs> That's the problem. The problem is, I'll give you an example. In Vancouver, the same 40 offenders were arrested 6,000 times in a year. That's 150 arrests per offender per year. Why? Because they're arrested in the morning. Then they're released on bail by noon. They reoffend. They're back in jail by two in the afternoon, and then they're released by the evening so that they can commit their final crime before they go to bed. The failure of the the system to not support people who have committed crimes, gone to jail, serve their their sentence, you know, and then they're committing another crime. So is this not a failure of things like social services and support for people who have committed crimes? Are you, ser- are you serious? Another- I'm asking you. Oh, I mean, are you serious? Come on, you're telling me, no, excuse me, let let me answer your question. Are you honestly saying that it's society's fault if a repeat violent offender commits 60 or 70 offenses? I think 
That criminal is to blame for his own actions. He is personally responsible. We're not talking about some kid who made one mistake when he was 19. We're talking about people who do 60, 70 violent offenses. Why do those people and then they're, be, because they're criminals. But why are they criminals? Because they do crime. And why do they do crime? Because we let them out early on bail. So because they I got let out. think we've solved the riddle here. Because they got let out early on bail. That's right. They then commit the crime. That's right. So. That's what, the, that's what all the experts agree is the cause of the crime. So have they stayed in jail the whole time, on, on bail, in, in jail, not on bail, as you say, they would then not commit crimes? Because they'd be in jail, so, so they couldn't they, commit crimes. And when they get out at the end of their sentence, they're crime-free? Well, they, we, we can't guarantee that, but what we can guarantee is the period when they're behind bars, they will not be able to do crime. Like, um, wow. Wow. I, I, the, I, thought, I thought he had the right <laughs> tone. Let, let's hear your thoughts. What do you think, Manny? Uh, I mean, the pure ignorance of that uh, media, liberal media bias question just makes me irk. Look, it's very simple. But he didn't All seem malicious. Have... Like, he seemed truly not no, to understand. No, he's wonderful. I, was... don't know how, I, I don't know how, I don't know how Pierre can do it in, in such a positive way. I mean, thank, I mean, I certainly couldn't, but he did a great job in answering that. I mean, Ezra, I, I don't know why journalists do not do five minutes worth of research. You, you know, crime is not a new thing. It, it's been happening for about since man has hit the planet. And well, we've been Cain taking- Cain and Abel. Exactly. So we've been taking statistics. Now, Ezra, I have personal knowledge in this. A, I'm a lawyer. I understand bail. I understand the criminal law system. And B, I was with Mr. Harper in 2005. You might remember Mr. Harper was elected in 2006. A tragic thing happened on Boxing Day 2005, which helped People galvanized and were very upset. A known criminal who had a record was up for gun charges, was released on bail, and went to settle his crime on Young Street I, and shot at another person and accidentally killed this beautiful young child, Jane Kreba. Now, that it rocked me because, and it rocked. Prime Minister Harper, because that young innocent woman died shopping around Christmas on Boxing Day. And that young girl, I mean, it, she was about the same age and uh, same everything as Prime Minister Harper's daughter. He immediately brought bail reform. Every fool knows that most of the crime are committed by the same people. Mm -hmm. it, uh, you don't. You, it's it's a simple research tool. Look at it. About ninety percent of eighty percent of the crime are committed by the same ten percent of the people. Bail is extremely important. Yeah. So what Prime Minister Harper did was tightened up bail. And statistically, during his um, pr uh, prime ministership, gun deaths went down forty percent. 40%. It, it, you could research it. And then when Trudeau became prime minister, well, of course, the conservatives are, are mean and they're racist and whatever he said. And he removed Harper's great laws. And, 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 and as a practicing lawyer, I'm saying, oh, my God, it's working. This is great. What a great move. People are living. People aren't being killed. And 
So he removed the laws. I remember when he did it. My liberal friends were happy about it. And I'm saying, guys, this is not a good thing. Well, since Justin Trudeau has been in power, gun deaths or homicides have gone up 60 percent. Mm-hmm. And he's railing and ranting about guns all the time. Ezra, I have a conclusion. I have a theory. And the theory is, back to what we spoke about a little while ago, is the more, and I, I mean, it, it, it's simple. Ezra, if somebody has an illegal gun, and we've seen nothing but 24-7 news, if you own an illegal gun, it's terrible, that person shouldn't have any bail rights. So it's that simple. Why is that not the law? It's an illegal gun. We know guns are bad. Illegal guns are bad. But I truly believe that Trudeau, and this is a terrible theory, but but if you can continue the illegal gun and let these people out and kill themselves, as has actually happened, 60% of gun deaths have increased, then you can seize the guns of law-abiding farmers and owners. I don't, you know, because Ezra, if you're guided by fact and you're guided by statistics, it was working. Why did they reverse it? And they didn't. And they actually, they reversed it and there's more gun. And then every time somebody shot in downtown Toronto or downtown Ottawa with an illegal gun on a, on a score of criminals doing things to each other, all of a sudden we have new gun laws or confiscating somebody in northern Ontario or northern Quebec, they're the farmer's guns. And that, I think it's, in, Ezra, I come to the conclusion it's intentional. Yeah. It's, it's intentional. I, I might have been skeptical, but I, my eyes have been opened to the nature of some of this by Dr. James Lindsay, who studies critical theory. And I think there's a difference between a liberal and a communist. And I, I never used the word communist for years other than for absolute pure communist. I thought, no, that's, that's too far. That's like calling everyone a Nazi. But the, the critical Marxist approach to crime, to race, to gender, um, you know, back to, there's a lot of Marxist ideas like the worse, the better. I don't know if you've ever heard that phrase. Yeah. It's a, yeah. It's a radical communist idea, which is, you know, they would say, um, accentuate the contradiction, the, the contradictions, I think is another way they say it. Um, Trudeau, I, I, I think I agree with you, likes violent street crime in the cities. It keeps those voters scared and voting for Trudeau, who promises gun control. Right. He doesn't control the illegal guns in Toronto, Montreal, Vancouver. He punishes lawful, safe gun owners in the prairies, hunters, farmers, ranchers, whatever, people in the rural parts. So he's winning every way. He keeps urban voters afraid, and he offers the solution, which is to pick on conservative, lawful gun owners the chaos, it, he, it, he benefits from it. It goes to the demoralization we talked about earlier. I don't know. I think you're yeah. right. You know, can, can I, well, I mean, go ahead. As a one small point, we know that illegal guns are the source to about 90% of the gun deaths in Canada. Every Canadian, I don't care if conservative, liberal, whatever, would agree that if an individual Canadian who knows that illegal guns are abhorrent and should never be in anyone's possession. If that person is found with a legal gun, any person, there should be simple law, no bail, 
and minimum 10-year sentence. That would alleviate 90% of the crime. But why is that law not in place? We all agree illegal guns because that will solve the problem. Yeah. And liberals don't want to solve gun deaths, gun violence. Uh, they, they talk about making the border more strengthened. No, it's very simple. You have an illegal gun in your not you have an illegal gun in your possession after hearing everything we've heard about what illegal guns do, you then get no bail, minimum 10-year sentence, and that will dry up. No young punk would be, you know, gang banger would be having an illegal gun. He would say, hey, hey, this is too much. Maybe I'll use a, a stick or something, or I don't know, my fists. But but that's the solution. And it worked with, what, Harper didn't go that far, but it worked with the strong bail and, and, and focus on the problem. Not some guy in Saskatchewan that needs guns to defend his property because the RCMP is 200 miles away. Yeah. You know, you made me think of... Uh when I was in New York City in 2002, um, not too long after 9-11, it was a Republican convention, if I recall correctly, I went to a um, press conference, a, a sort of a, a conference, where one of the speakers was Rudy Giuliani's right-hand man for mopping up crime in the city. You might recall that in the 70s and 80s, New York yeah, City... Sure was a crime nightmare. It was the stuff of terrible dystopian movies. It was a city in decline. Rudy Giuliani turned that city around. And with dramatic moves, but also small incremental steps, James Q. Wilson's theory of broken windows. You know, right. uh, you, you park a car on the street, no one touches it. You break one window, people say, oh, it's, it's free for all. Then all the windows were broken. The car is stripped. It, it's sort of the signals you send. And what I learned that day, 20 years ago, and I remember it to this day, in New York, according to Giuliani's right-hand man, often it was just one criminal who would terrorize an entire city block. Right. Hundreds of people. Just one guy who right. made hundreds of people have bars on their windows, not go outside, live in fear. If you could sweep this one guy off the streets instead of just putting him back and back and back and back on bail, you would free a hundred people, change an entire neighborhood. It was just one guy all the time. And right. as they picked up those guys by enforcing small laws, jaywalking, whatever, people came out of their houses again. They sat on their steps again. The community emerged again and they were free. And they didn't know at the time that it was just such a small number, as you said, 10% of the criminals doing 80% of the crime. And I, I'm reminded of how Giuliani mopped up New York, and we need that in our cities. We need that in Toronto and Vancouver. We also need it in Calgary and Edmonton and, and other places too. Listen, Manny, we're almost out of time, but I want to hear from you a quick snapper. I was shocked to learn that Trudeau is still going full tilt buying tens of millions of doses oh, yes. of vaccines. Tell me the stats. I haven't been following this. This comes as a bit of a well, surprise to me. Well, it's not only a surprise, but 90 million doses this year uh, have been purchased by Trudeau. 90 million next year, and I think 90 million for another, till, it's I think a three-year contract, so 2000. Uh, there is only about half a million people now being 
uh, asking for booster shots. And I think most of them are being forced in old age homes and so on. So clearly something's wrong. But there's a question that I put to people. You know, I, I raise this issue. I go, well, you know, this is a lot of money for nothing. And, and of course, the apologists, the, the liberal apologists say, well, you know, well, what do you expect, Manny? We were in a crisis and, and Trudeau made a long-term contract, so he had to do that. And then, Ezra, here's the question. And everyone forgets the truth and the facts because uh, it, it's, it, it's a modern thing to do. But during the crisis, when the vaccines came out, Canada was late in purchasing the vaccines. I think we were the... 58th country in line on uh, uh so we already knew that the vaccines uh were not going to work when we bought it but let's assume that Trudeau did the contract at the very first day the premise of the vaccines were quite simple they're 100 percent effective they'll get you to herd immunity all we need is 60 to 70 percent of the population two dose and we're free if we get 60 to 70 percent well in fact we got about 80% and uh, everyone got two dosed and it didn't do anything. So the question I put to Justin Trudeau or his government is, if you knew that these doses were what you said or advertised and that they work 100% or 95% efficacy, that's all we heard, and all we need is two shots and we're free and we got herd immunity, then why would you enter into a multi-year contract? Entering into a multi-year contract is an admission that these vaccines didn't work from the beginning because you would need it if they worked. So in my view, again, in my critical thinking, mm -hmm. this is a massive fraud committed by a massive fraud company uh, that has been found guilty with the biggest fraud in history. And simply, they did an arrangement to enrich certain people and probably be politicians, but why would you enter into a multi-year contract of a drug that's supposed to free you in the first year? Yeah. You know, there. you're referring to Pfizer paying a $2.3 billion yeah. fine for disruptive yeah. practices. You know, we still don't know which company it was paid fifty grand to bribe the boss of Unifor Union. I think it's shocking that that has not been shone a light on. I wonder if it's because maybe other, is it really true that the head of Unifor was the only person in the country in public office who took a 50 grand cash payoff? I doubt it was, he was the only one. He's the only one who so far has been caught. And the fact that the rest of the establishment has not named well, the company. I got to give it to, I got to give it to Pfizer uh, because, you know, they are the largest fraudulent criminal fine in history. And that was, I think, a dozen years ago. But I think they learned something. And they learned how do we do it better? Mm -hmm. And how they did is they co-opted the media. Yeah. Every ad yeah. I watch on TV. So once you got the media on side and you do your boat, you know, I'll call it legal bribery by buying tons of ads. I mean, this is why Fox News probably got rid of Tucker Carlson. He looked at it and said, hey, why are we on the side of Pfizer when we should be on the side of citizens? Uh, so I got to give it to the big farmer. They had the doctors. They had the politicians. But you know what? If you get the media on your side, you're never going to see a bad report. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. I hate to say it. You're right. Manny Montenegrino, always a pleasure. Thanks for spending so much time with us. Have a great weekend and look forward to you catching too. up with you again soon. Thank you very much, Ezra. All the best. Right on. There you have it. Manny Montenegrino, CEO of Think Sharp. That's our show for today. 
Until next time, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters to you at home, good night and keep fighting for freedom.